Section five of Baled Hay by Bill Nye. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Rocky Mountain Cow. The attention of the Rocky Mountain Detective Association is respectfully called to a large bay cow who is hanging around this place under an assumed name. She has no visible means of support and has been seen trying to catch the combination to the safes of several of our businessmen here. She has also stolen into our lot several times and eaten two or three lengths of stovepipe that we neglected to lock up. Preserving Eggs The Scientific American gives this as an excellent mode of preserving eggs. Take fresh ones, put a dozen or more in a small willow basket, and immerse this for five seconds in boiling water, containing about five pounds of common brown sugar per gallon, then pack, when cool, small ends down, in an intimate mixture of one part of finely powdered charcoal and two of dry bran. In this way they will last six months or more. The scalding water causes the formation of a thin skin of hard albumen near the inner surface of the shell, and the sugar of syrup closes all the pores. The scientific American neglects, however, to add that when you open them six months after they were picked and preserved, the safest way is to open them out in the alley with a revolver at sixteen paces. When you have succeeded in opening one, you can jump on a fleet horse and get out of the country before the nut-brown flavor catches up with you. Human Nature on the Half-Shell I am up here in River Falls, Wisconsin, and patiently waiting for the snowbanks to wilt away and gentle spring to come again. Gentle spring, as I go to press, hath not yet loomed up. Nothing, in fact, hath loomed up as yet, save the great Dakota boom. Everybody from the servant girl with the symphony and smut on her face, and the boundless waste of freckles athwart her nose, up to the normal school graduate, with enough knowledge to start a grist mill for the gods, has a claim in the promised land, the great wild goose orchard and tadpole aquarium of the new northwest. The honest farmer deserts his farm, around which clusters a thousand memories of the past, and buckling on his web feet, he flees to the frog ponds of the great northern watershed to make a tree claim and be happy such is life we battle on bravely for years cutting out white oak grubs and squashing army worms on a shingle in order that we may dwell beneath our own vine and plum tree and then we sell and take wings toward a wild unknown country where land is dirt cheap where the wicked cease from troubling and the weary are at rest that is where we get left if I may be allowed an Americanism, or whatever it is, we are never at rest. The more we emigrate, the more worthless, unsatisfied, and trifling we become. I have seen the same family go through Laramie City six times because they knew not of contentment. The first time they went west in a Pullman car for their health. The husband rashly told a sad-eyed man that he lied and in a little while the sun was obscured by loose teeth and hair. The ground was torn up, and vegetation was killed where the discussion was held. Then the family went home to Toledo. They went in a day coach and said a Pullman car was full of malaria and death. 
Their relatives made sport of them and lifted up their yawp and yawped at them insomuch as the yawpness thereof was as the town caucus for might. Then the tourists on the following spring packed up two pillows and a pink comforter and a change of raiment and got them onto the emigrant train and journeyed into the land which is called Arizona, where the tarantula climbeth up on the inner side of the pantaloon, and tickleth the limb of the pilgrim as he journeyeth. And behold, he getteth in his work, and the leg of that man is greater than it was aforetime, even like unto the leg of a piano. A Frigid Root There's no doubt but that the Fort Collins route to the North Park is a good practicable route, but the only man who has started out over it this spring fetched up in the New Jerusalem. The trouble with that line of travel is that the temperature is too short. The summer on the Fort Collins route is noted mainly for its brevity. It lasts about as long as an ordinary eclipse of the sun. The man who undertook to go over the road this spring on snowshoes, with a load consisting of ten cents worth of fine-cut tobacco, has not been heard from yet at either end of the line, and he is supposed to have perished, or else he is still in search of an open polar sea. It is hoped that dog days will bring him to the surface, but if the winter comes on as early this fall as there are grave reasons to fear, a man couldn't get over the divide in the short space of time which will intervene between Decoration Day and Christmas. We hate to discourage people who have an idea of going over the Fort Collins Road to North Park, but would suggest that preparations be made in advance for about 500 St. Bernard dogs and a large supply of Arctic whiskey to be placed on file where it can be got at without a moment's delay. Too Contiguous There is a firm on Coyote Creek in New Jersey that would like to advertise in The Boomerang, and the members of the firm are evidently good square men, although they are not large. They lack about four feet in stature of being large enough to come within the range of our vision. They have got more pure gall to the superficial foot than anybody we ever heard of. It seems that the house has a lot of vermifuge to feed plants, and a bedbug tonic that it wants to bring before the public, and it wants us to vote our quarter of a column every day to the merits of these bug-and-worm discouragers, and then take our pay out of tickets in the drawings of a brindle dog next spring. We might as well come right out and state that we are not publishing this paper for our health, nor because we like to loll around in luxury all day in the voluptuous office of the staff. We have mercenary motives, and we can't work off wheezy parlor organs and patent corn plasters and threshing machines very well. We desire the scads. We can put them in our business, and we are gathering them in just as fast as we can. At the present time, we are pretty well supplied with rectangular churns and stem-winding mouse traps. We do not need them. It takes too much time to hypothecate them. In closing, we will add that New Jersey people will not be charged much more for advertising space than Wyoming people. We have made special rates so that we can give the patrons of the East almost as good terms as our home advertisers. The Amend Honorable 
it is rather interesting to watch the manner by which old customs have been slightly changed and handed down from age to age peculiarities of old traditions still linger among us and are forked over to posterity like a whoppy-jawed teapot or a long-time mortgage no one can explain it but the fact still remains patent that some of the oddities of our ancestors continue to appear from time to time clothed in the changing costumes of the prevailing fashion along with these choice antiquities and carrying the nut-brown flavor of the dead and relentless years comes the amend honorable from the original amend in which the offender appeared in public clothed only in a cotton flannel shirt and with a rope around his neck as an evidence of a formal recantation down to this day when sometimes the pale editor in a stickful of type admits that his informant was in error the amend honorable has marched along with the easy tread of time the blue-eyed moulder of public opinion with one suspender hanging down at his side and writing on a sheet of news-copy paper has a more extensive costume perhaps than the old-time offender who bowed in the dust in the midst of the great populace and with a halter under his ear admitted his offence but he does not feel any more cheerful over it i have been called upon several times to make the amend honorable and i admit that it is not an occasion of mirth and merriment people who come into the editorial office to invest in a retraction are generally very healthy and have a stiff reserved manner that no cheerfulness of hospitality can soften i remember of an accident of this kind which occurred last summer in my office while i was writing something scathing a large man with an air of profound perspiration about him and a plaid flannel shirt stepped into the middle of the room and breathed in the air that i was not using he said he would give me four minutes in which to retract and pulled out a watch by which to ascertain the exact time i asked him if he would not allow me a moment or two to go over to the telegraph office and to wire my parents of my awful death he said i could walk out of that door when i walked over his dead body then i waited a long time until he told me my time was up and asked what i was waiting for i told him i was waiting for him to die so that i could walk over his dead body how could i walk over a corpse until life was extinct he stood and looked at me first in astonishment afterward in pity finally tears welled up in his eyes and ploughed their way down his brown and grimy face then he said that i need not fear him you are safe said he a youth who is so patient and so cheerful as you are who would wait for a healthy man to die so that you could meander over his pulseless remnants, ought not to die a violent death. A soft-eyed seraph like you, who is no more conversant with the ways of this world than that, ought to be put in a glass vial of alcohol and preserved. I came up here to kill you and throw you into the rainwater barrel, but now that I know what a patient disposition you have— I shudder to think of the crime I was about to commit. End of section 5